Welcome to a little juju podcast. This is the podcast all about black as spirituality, honoring our ancestors, honoring ourselves, decolonizing our spiritual beliefs and practices, and relearning and remembering African traditional religion and religions of the African diaspora. My name is Juju and I am the host of this show. I am a hoodoo practitioner. I am an Orisha devotee. I'm a medium. I am a lover of all things black and all things spirituality and all things liberation. And I am so happy to be on episode 52 with you. Um, I'm Wow, my mind, I'm a poet. But yes, I feel like I haven't had an episode where I was just chitty chatting. So I'm happy to just chat and talk about some things that have been going on. And yeah, I feel like it's just been a while. We've had some wonderful interviews in the past, which I'm so grateful for. But sometimes we just got to chop it up like old school, you know. So that's what what, what is given today. Um, if you would like to keep up with the conversation, you can always hashtag Jujubay. Um, see if other people are listening. You can also hashtag pod in. You can find other podcasts at hashtag P-O-D-I-N, other black and brown hosted podcast shows. So definitely hashtag that when you tag the show. And yes, that's pretty much it. Um, oh, and hashtag ALJ pod too. That's our shortened hashtag ALJ pod. Alrighty, so let's drop this intro and get into the show. Happy to... I feel like I'm coming back or something. Happy to be back. <laughs> All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Okay, so on the day I'm recording this is August 8th, and apparently today is Lionsgate Day, and the and the Lionsgate portal is open. Now, I don't know much about this. I actually learned about this maybe yesterday, but apparently it's something with the star Sirius and an alignment with Orion's belt and something in Leo season and being on the 8th. I don't know, but apparently... The, the portal is open to the spiritual realm right now. And I don't know how long this energy lasts. Feel free to look up the Lionsgate portal. I was not hip, but um, this apparently was just a time where I think, I think maybe in ancient Kemet, they may have done some kind of ritual on this, in this particular moment in time when the stars are doing what they're doing right now. So either way, happy Lionsgate portal opening day 
I'm going to just say a few little prayers and manifestation, but I just feel like I needed to say that because I was not hip. I didn't know about the Lionsgate portal. I thought that had something to do with, I thought it had something to do with Black is King or or the Lion King or Lionsgate. I thought that was a production company. I didn't know what was going on. But anywho, uh, apparently, though, how I've been feeling has been a little bit like just... Mm, I posted about it on Instagram, I guess, just a little bit um, dissatisfied with myself. And I think we all go through moments of just feeling not like you're not enough or very small. Just kind of things that, not that I haven't dealt with in a while, but that I thought I would, I, I didn't, I wouldn't get so deeply. I don't know how to describe it, but you just know them days where you just don't feel good. Your head don't look good. Your face don't look good. You don't feel like what you're saying is good. You think everything, you ain't did nothing good in life. I'm feeling like that the past couple days. And I had brought up the Lionsgate thing to say that apparently it brings up some of those old things that you need to work through to feel better. And so always being mindful of that work that's coming up that we need to do and also what we say. So, um, just remember to just be careful of what you say about yourself, what you desire, what you want. Just be mindful of your wishes around this time, Lionsgate time, but also in general, I just been pulling a lot of cards. So just be, be careful of what you're saying and what you want and what you're trying to manifest. Make sure that it's something that you want and also stop being self-deprecating towards yourself. I say that all the time, but like stop making jokes about how you're not shit or that you're not smart or that you're not cute. Like you're all those things. So yeah, it's not funny. Okay. I'm done preaching to y'all about that. Uh, Anyway. So last episode, I talked about an initiation that I was going through and You know, I I really can't speak too much about it, but I will say that it was really good um, and that I definitely feel different. If you have been through any kind of initiation into an ATR or probably any initiation, um, you you know what I'm talking about. But there's just like a, a feeling of just being a little bit more settled or like maybe a cup was half empty and you got a little bit more water poured into it. Like you're just a little bit more tapped into the source. So I'm very grateful for that ceremony. Basically, it it was me recommitting myself to my destiny, also committing myself to being of service, you know, to the community, to my community, to my Elay, um, being of service to Iyani Fas, being of service to Babalao. So these are the priests within the tradition of uh, Ifa. And so, yeah, it was a it was a ceremony to commemorate that and also deepen my relationship with with certain deities, um, specifically of the divine feminine. And yeah, and not every lineage does it. Some lineages do it in some places in Nigeria. um, They they do so day some places they do not. So um, my lineage does do that initiation. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, It's just it's. I think I've just been taking a moment to settle into what it means and how I'm moving forward and just the level of responsibility or more responsibility that I have to to my community and to myself. So all good things, all good things. Um, 
I feel like with initiations, especially into priesthood, I I did not initiate into a priesthood, but there's this energy and I felt it too of wanting to just rush and like, oh, I can't wait to be a priest. Like, I want to say that I'm, you know, I want to be Ia. I want to be a priest of this tradition or that tradition. And really, let me tell you now, being a priest basically means that you are sacrificing a big part of your life to take care of the community and also certain spirits for the rest of your life. (laughs) That's like what priesthood is about. You are being a servant and you're committing and promising that you're going to do a certain level of um, servitude and taking care of certain spirits and deities now of course you know some priests don't do all that some people make priesthood or make ocha or do whatever and just live their life and some people also initiate for varying reasons so everyone does not become a priest quote-unquote to serve and be in community but a lot of people do and again if you are a priest most likely you are still having to tend to your shrines tend to spirits So I'm saying that to say like, yes, you know, we see people and they got their stuff on and they look cute and they they exude this energy and power and it's so attractive, but it's a lot of work. (laughs) It is a lot of work. It is a lot, a lot of work. Like every time I'm around a priest, I'm like, how do you manage your own life when you have, especially ones that have God children and so... You know, don't rush the process. Be slow. Take your time. Because once you initiate, you're going to be required to do more shit and probably give up some shit that you like. And, you know, as we say in Maile, like there's never an end to sacrifice making. So you're just going to (laughs) be sacrificing for the rest of your life, which is beautiful because initiation is beautiful priestess is beautiful everything is beautiful but honey it's not it's not just about um it's so much more than what we see it's so much more than what we see so i just wanted to send that encouragement to people like i just want to be a priest like hold on baby live your life please <laughs> please live your daggone life um the last update the last church announcement is that i will be a guest lecturer um with the cat with Catlin books and Catlin books is a spiritual shop in Brooklyn, I believe. And of course everything is, you know, closed and distanced and stuff because of COVID. But typically I, I think they have classes in their shop and they have lecturers coming. They have people teach about different spiritual um, traditions and rooms and which classes they do all of that type of stuff and they invited me to be a guest lecturer so I'm going to be doing a course on Hoodoo 101 and I'm also going to be doing an intro to the Orishas class. Hoodoo 101 is on August 24th and intro to the Orisha is on August 31st and the classes are $20 each and it's very basic. It's very one-on-one. We're not getting into doing spells. We're not. Just read the description of each class. I will make sure that I have um, a link to the Eventbrite in the show notes. But I just want to say shout out to Catlin Books for thinking of me and wanting uh, me to and allowing me to take up some space to be a little teacher and, and connect with folks on Zoom. So that'll be really great. So get your tickets if you're interested. Um, 
I don't know if they're ever shutting it down or if they sell out. I don't, I don't have all that information yet. So just go when you hear this, if you're interested to sign up and yeah. So that is it for my preaching and church announcements. Now let's get into donations. And then of course, we're going to do heal yourself today. We're going to do juju for the culture. And we're going to talk a little about a little bit about Black is king. King on the scene, the king on the way. The king on the way. All you need is a little juju. A little juju podcast is written, hosted, and crafted by me, Juju. And this process is a labor of love, but it is labor nonetheless because podcasting ain't free. It takes time, energy resources, money so that I can pay people to help me. Finally, I have a little bit more resources to do that. And I'm able to do that because people donate. Um, It is a few ways to donate to the show. All of them are important. I will start with the monetary ways and then we'll get into the non-monetary ways to support this work. So the first monetary way that I'll mention is through Patreon, which is a site that allows you to contribute to the show monthly. So on the first of the month, Patreon automatically takes out whatever you choose to donate, which will range from $1 to as many dollars as you want. I have some suggestions on my Patreon. And based on the level that you donate is the level of content or things that you'll receive from me via Patreon, which includes exclusive deals, videos. Sometimes I do readings. Sometimes I do workings for specific patrons. It just depends. So big, big shout out to my newest patrons. Shout out to Rose Glade for editing your pledge and still being a a patron. I appreciate you. Shout out to Brianna. Shout out to Kazi Jones, Lenitra Irons, Tanaya Johnson, Rhonda Gaines, Jasmine, Lajene, Alcantar, hey boo. Shout out to Yasmin Van. Shout out to Honey A for editing and upping your pledge. Shout out to Michelle, Austin Jones, Jones, Nina Toscano, Jessica B, Catherine, Olivia H B. Shout out to Northern Conjure for editing your pledge and remaining a patron. Shout out to Ashley Thomas, Melody Simone, Elite Empress 929. Shout out to Nicolette. Thank you for upping your pledge. Shout out to Lindsay Daniels, Nelia Rooms, or no, Nelia Rooms. Nelia, that's a pretty name. Thank you, Nelia. Shout out to S. Carlton, Brandy Bowen, Suni, Latanya, Kari, Ethel Nalule, maybe Nalule or Nalul. Thank you, Ethel. Shout out to Emily Melissa Walker for uh, upping your pledge. Shout out to Sherian Banga or Bagna. Shout out to Aaron Ailes. Shout out to Lauren Zoe E A G I G. Shout out to Brittany Wallman. Shout out to Ryan Davis, Cherish Waters, Trinidad Allred, Madison Aubrey. Thank you for editing your pledge and remaining a patron. Shout out to Gray Miller, Leslie Starks. Brr, uh, <laughs> Shout out to Elise Logan, Jackie. Catherine Rosen, Angel Nalange, 
Shout out to Alana, Indira, Hasben, Jasmine. Shout out to Doc Mama Ash. Shout out to Kimberly Mitchell. And shout out to Ernest Gibson, Taylor Allen, and India Palmer. I think we have everybody. Thank you so much to my patrons. I am honored that you believe in this work, believe in me, and are interested also in deep diving more into what I have on Patreon. Um, And so I don't take the energy of money or abundance lightly. And as you share that energy of abundance with me, I want to speak it over your life and over you tenfold. May you have what you need. May you have the resources. May you have the finances. May you have the support that you need in abundance so that you are able to create and craft and do the work that you were called here to do by your spirits and by your ancestors. And that is in alignment with your highest self and your destiny. So I'm speaking that over you um, as you share that with me very appreciative of you. I thank you. I could not do this work without you. So, so many blessings over your, over your life. And of course, shout out to everyone who hit me up in the other methods too. I always say a little prayer uh, for folks who, who shout me out and love me and send me things. Thanks you. And if you are interested in the non-monetary ways to donate to the show, which are just as important, shout me out. Tag ALJ pod, tag Jujubay on social media, put people onto the show, tell them what this podcast is and what it's about. Comment, subscribe so that I pop up when a new episode comes out so you already are hip and you know. Just let people know about the show. You can rate five stars on Apple or whatever platform that you are using and just help me spread the good juju gospel. I appreciate everyone who always tags and tells me they're listening and puts people onto the show. I deeply, deeply appreciate that as well. All that information will be in the show notes. So now let's get back into the show. All you need is a little juju. And it is time for Juju for the Culture where I just talk about what is happening in the world in pop culture, just what's going on in my take on it from a juju lens, a spiritual lens, just to help explain some of the things going on. So somebody sent me, this was actually a few weeks ago, they sent me an article about Lake Lanier, which is a lake that is in Georgia, and it is known as a lake that is cursed. So I just want to read a little bit about Lake Lanier. I, am I, I feel like I'm saying it really weird, <laughs> but y'all know what's about Lake Lanier. Um, because someone had actually died on July 4th. Two people actually drowned on July 4th at Lake Lanier in Georgia. One was a 59 year old man who jumped off his boat and never resurfaced. And then there was also um, another 45 year old man who drowned on the 4th of July. And They say that this particular lake is haunted because there have just been, you know, a lot of deaths at this particular lake. Um, Apparently, 675 people have died at Lake Lanier. It was built in 1956. So this is a man-made lake. And the thing about it is that um, was in the northern part of the state of Georgia sprawled out among the foothills of the North Georgia mountains for 26 miles. It's about 240, 58 feet deep. Um, and it 
was completed in the 1950s to provide like hydroelectricity and navigate flood controlling and stuff from the Chattahoochee River and supply water, you know. So they built it to just help things move and, and be more whatever productive, I guess. But the thing about it is that they decided to build it over and near towns where people were living, um, where cemeteries were built, where people had entire homes and families and people got pushed out. Um, seems kind of like a, a gentrification type vibe. Um, so moving people out so that they can create this thing, but like not actually giving people resources to be able to move healthily and happily. And um, the towns ended up getting flooded out, like just straight flooded out. So people died because of Lake Linear and people had to move and relocate and do all this stuff because of this particular lake. Um, so yes, structures were ruined, all of that kind of thing. And I'm just kind of going back and forth at this article that I'm looking at, um, cause I want to give you all the right information. Um, so yeah, basically they, they built it wrong or they built it not thinking about how the people would be impacted. That sounds like our government. <laughs> and so that is what, that's what happened. And so there's just been a lot of different eerie stories from this particular lake and people who live in Georgia and all over. Like there's just different tweets and stuff you'll see of like, if you come to Georgia, don't go to Lake Lania because you going to die. And, you know, there's a lot of ghost stories, different sightings of different spirits that have been there. Um, there's also stories of people who are divers who have apparently dove deep into Lake Lanier and there's there's still bodies they say at the bottom and you can still actually feel buildings pieces of buildings and pieces of towns that that exists well very real towns that existed so uh, apparently though Lake Lanier is very popular people still go to it even though it has these stories around it being haunted or cursed a cursed lake um it says in this article that there's about 11 million visitors annually from all over the place that go to Lake Lanier. So when you think about it from just a statistical standpoint, what did I say? 600 something people have died and it was built in the fifties. That seems pretty normal. I mean, people drown, people die. So I, I think it's more than just the, that number, because if 11 million people are going annually, 675 people dying is not that many. Uh, however, I do actually think that this lake is cursed because I don't I don't know if it's necessarily just about the deaths because people die in water. People die in water all the time. People drown all the time. But there seems to be something very specific about this Lake Lanier, which is which really shows that when we do things that are disrespectful to the land and disrespectful to the people of the land, they they avenged themselves. So I would not be surprised if so many people died as the result, um, or so many cemeteries and burial grounds were flooded out completely and just underwater. Now, where y'all think them bodies gone? Where you think the spirits gone? Like that's where they lived and now they're living underwater. So of course, you know, you have people who come, who, whether they can't swim or they have a lot of water spirit energy and they end up not coming back. And so I wanted to just, I, I'm sure I've talked about water spirits before, but it can be very 
and needing to be very mindful and careful if you are someone who carries a lot of water spirits, um, which isn't just about your sign or anything like that, but that could point to some water spirits, but you just, you would know, you'd probably find out via divination or maybe you have an inclination that you probably carry many water spirits. I think a lot of people of the African diaspora do just because of our connection to water. Um, you know, you got to be careful in water, even when you can swim, because those waters will swallow you up. And it's not always about something negative. I, I've said this before. Sometimes when we carry water spirits, when we're in the water, our water spirits are like, oh, you're here, you're home. So come home. And coming home can, in our brains as human, be like death. You know, we are dying. But for the water spirits, they're not, quote unquote, killing us. They're bringing us home. Uh, so it's a, you know, looking at it from that particular aspect. So I, I always wonder, like, is it the people that are going to Lake Lanier who do die? Was it a water spirit? Is it a water spirit issue or not issue, but occurrence? Is it an occurrence of the spirits of the cemeteries and of the townspeople rebelling and not allowing people to enjoy the waters. I mean, they are allowing a lot of people to enjoy it for 11 million people going each year. Um, but someone had just sent it to me and they said they wanted to know my thoughts or they thought that it was interesting. So, yeah, I just wanted to speak about it because I didn't really know much about this lake. I mean, I heard kind of about it that people go and it's a cursed lake. But when I did more research, I was like, oh, I'm sure it is cursed. I mean, yeah, we didn't disrespected burial grounds. And I know there's plenty of stories of um, different schools or just institutions that have been built over burial grounds and cemeteries. And people always say that it's cursed. They always say that there's spirit sightings. They always are saying some interesting occurrences are happen, happen there or things, things that they cannot explain. And so that's kind of what happens, not even just in disrespecting nature itself but like burial grounds those are sacred spaces so just being mindful of the places that we go and lake linear i ain't saying don't go to lake linear i'm actually curious my ass my water spirit ass i'm curious but i i definitely think that this 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 lake is quote unquote cursed and, and maybe not even cursed i think that it is a highly spiritual and spiritually run space. Uh, and, and it also, with this story of Lake Lanier, also made me think of Naya, what's her name? Naya Rivera? I want to make sure that's her name. Yes, her name was Naya Rivera. Uh, I'm sorry, Naya Rivera, who was an actress who passed on July 8th in 2020. And she also drowned. And apparently where she drowned, I think she went... She died, like, yes, in Ventura County in California, where she drowned. I don't think they have any more stories besides her drowning. I know a lot of people in July, at least, were talking about drowning and water spirits and being mindful of water and, and being mindful of nature and nature is, is rebelling against us. And, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily that. I mean, I think that people drown. Just, I think that people drown. Um, but there's always so much more going on in the spiritual realm and things unseen that I always think about when people do drown or if a lot of people tend to pass in a particular kind of way at a particular particular kind of place. Um, so also rest in peace and power to Naya uh, Rivera. And yeah, 
the waters. Water, water no get enemy, okay? Water is what we go to to heal. It is what heals us. It can heal us. It baptizes us. It cleanses us. And it can also destroy everything in its path without question and wash it away. So that is how we are to understand water and to revere water because it's a powerful tool. And with that, I feel like this is a smooth transition. I ain't even planned that, but into uh, heal yourself. All you need is a little juju. So Heal Yourself is the portion of the show where I talk about juju-related tips and tricks to help ourselves heal. Because healing is whose responsibility? It's ours. I mean, our community should be supporting us in all of our healing journeys, but it is our responsibility to take up the healing torch and, and, and embark on this journey, even though a lot of the times we ain't did nothing. We, we, we are... We experience all the shit and feel unhealed from things that may have been projected onto us. But it is our responsibility to take up the healing mantle, as I said, and and to go about healing it with our people behind us and around us, loving us and supporting us. So I didn't plan to talk about water so much, but it just kind of happened randomly. So I'm like water spirits, like I guess they want to shout out in the show because uh, my heal yourself today was about. Uh, being in right re- right relationship with the water and taking care of ourselves and healing through water. So I'm pretty sure past Heal Yourselves, I have talked about spiritual baths and spiritual bathing and what it is and why it's important and to take spiritual baths. But this is, this is more than just spiritual baths. This is... Uh, this heal yourself was inspired by a little vision that I have when I went to a body of water by my house. I was giving offering. Um, and as I was there giving offering, I saw myself at the water, but I was there with a lot of people. I was actually there with a lot of men, a lot of black men. And we had all white on. And they were like cleansing themselves and they were crying and they were yelling. It was like a releasing ritual. And that's what I saw. And so the water started speaking and it was saying that this was very specific to Baltimore, but I'm just sharing it. It was saying that, you know, with the city and the deaths that happened here and just the the amount of pain here that that black people need to start going to the water more for healing. It was almost as if the water was trying to tell. It was like the water was saying that it was an ally that we weren't using. Well, that water was an ally that we were not connecting with in the best ways. It was almost like there's so much water here and there's so much healing that happens in water and you people are not coming. (laughs) You people are not coming to the water and, I, and we don't understand, you know, why you're not coming to the water. That's This is what the water was telling me while I was there. Um, and so, of course, I've been like trying to think of some things just on my own of like, OK, so how do we bring people to the water? Like what? But I wanted to share that on the podcast because I want to encourage all of us to be in right relationship with water um, and not just taking our spiritual baths, but how we are taking care of bodies of water that are by us, you know, how we could maybe do days where we clean up the the local rivers, Um, going to bodies of water to give offering. And of course, I know I just talked about 
how water swallows people up in the past segment, in the other segment. So, of course, wanting to be safe. You know, I'm not saying you have to go in the water fully if you can't swim. But I do think that there is a very real shift happening in the world. Not not that I think. I know that. We all know that. We all feel the shift that's happening. Um, but I, I just feel like there's... There is a water aspect of this or that is an energy or an entity, essentially, that we're going to want to have. um, I want to use a language of on our side. That's what I want to say. That That's an entity that we want to have on our side. We want to feel like water is an ally to us because it, it, it get no enemy. I think that that's a good one to to be with. So encouraging you to just go to the water, wherever the closest water that you have, and just be still. Water is healing. Our ancestors have used it to cleanse since probably the beginning of time. Yeah, so it's ancient. It's old. It holds memories. It knows. So why not go there and just sit, breathe, cry, write, wash yourself, cleanse your head, cleanse the back of your neck. Speak to the water, bring offering. Water, water loves and water spirits love wines, fruits, um, flowers too. Different liquors could work. Um, what else do I usually take to the water? That's pretty much it. Fruits, fruits and wines, coconuts I take. And yeah, those are, I think those are, those are safe those are safe offerings but just go introduce yourself to the body of water ask for healing water spirits are deeply about healing deeply about abundance um, wealth uh, money (laughs) water holds everything it's the depth so get deep ask for what you need but go to the water and leave some offering there and introduce yourself tell the water who you are and why you're there and maybe just clean up a piece of trash or just show an honor and respect that space. Because when I saw that vision so clearly and it was around, you know, when Naya Rivera passed and then I, this thing about Lake Rainier, Lanier, and I'm just like, okay, so we need to find some healing at the water. The water is literally saying this. At least if you listen to Baltimore, you definitely need to because that's what the water was telling me. It was very specific to here, but I'm sure that energy of the water and connection to the water is in other places as well. Like I said, we, a lot of us, you know, African people of the African diaspora carry so many water spirits. There's there's so, like, look up water spirits. Look up Mami Wata, M-A-M-I-W-A-T-A. Of course, we know the Oshuns and Yemojas and Olokuns. We can look up, there's there's plenty, plenty, plenty of other water <laughs> entities and deities and spirits of the water. Those are just the ones that came to mind first, but um, connect there. You know, we have water as a big part of our lives, not just we need it to drink, to stay alive. We need it to function. We need it to think. We are mostly made up of water. Um, we needed to cleanse ourselves physically. We needed to cleanse ourselves spiritually. We needed to be baptized. We needed to, to do a lot of things. We needed to, to cleanse ourselves emotionally when we cry. So water is like, I if I need a, if I want somebody on my team, it's going to be water. It's going to be the energy and entity of water. So heal yourself through the water. Also cry, honey. It's okay. 
let it out, let go. That is part of being in right relationship with water is allowing yourself to be emotional and cry. So, and drink water, honey. The dehydration is serious. I'm dragging myself right now, but also when I give Reiki to people, I can so eat it. One of the main things I'm always saying to people is like, oh, baby, you is dehydrated. I can feel it through your Reiki and you drink some water. I'm also dehydrated too, so it's no shade. We need to drink some more water, y'all. We just got to take care of ourselves. Take care of your bodies. Take care of the water. Take care of the water. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not predicting nothing, but when the, when the spirits of the water told me that, I was like, okay, bet. Okay, bet. Okay, bet. Okay, bet. So be safe. Go to a body of water. You don't have to swim in it. Just honor it. Acknowledge it for what it is. Something that we need and that we mostly are. Okay. So that was my heal yourself for today. Okay. So y'all know I could not not talk about Black is King. The visual album to The Gift which was the soundtrack to The Lion King live action film where Beyonce did uh, do the voice for Nala. So if you don't know, child, I don't know how you don't know, but you might not know. So I'm guilty. Yes, Beyonce was the voice of Nala. She did the soundtrack for the live action of Lion King. She did The Gift, which was the soundtrack. The Gift came out in 2019, in 2020. On July 31st, actually, she came out with Black is King, which was a retelling of The Lion King through real people. So it wasn't, you know, no lions. <laughs> it was it was real people. And it was just like a retelling of the story, but it really uplifted and showcased a lot of uh, African, varying African cultures, people, traditions, um, places it was filmed majority I think in Ghana Nigeria uh, where else was it filmed I think London I also think it was filmed in LA South Africa as well um, and probably some other places those are the that's what I'm thinking about now but yeah so she brought in a lot of afro beats afro pop artists to be a part of the soundtrack so my boo burner boy (laughs) is on the soundtrack but it's also a lot of just different uh, african artists that were a part of the gift but also black is king from costume designers to dancers actors models It was absolutely visually a stunning piece. If you haven't seen it, it is being streamed. It is streaming on Disney+. Plus. I don't have Disney+. Plus. I use somebody's password, child. But uh, shout out to my friend who let me use her password. So now I have Disney+. Plus. But yes, it is streaming on Disney+. Plus, And you can watch it. It's about an hour and so long. And it's it's gorgeous. Now, there have been a lot of critiques. There have been a lot of think pieces. There have been a lot of everything because it's Beyonce. When she comes out with something, the girls are going to analyze it. Uh, This is not what I want this episode to be about. I think that a lot of people have done very good critiques and valid understandings and breaking it down and questions and also praises. I think you can find that. I'll link some 
articles that I saw just of people, different articles that say, yes, this is the best thing that's since sliced bread. And other people were like, this is the most problematic thing since, since, I don't know. I don't know. But yes. So I don't want to do that. And actually, I don't even want to get too much into the spiritual Uh, Well, no, that's not true. Breaking down like, oh, in this scene, you know, she had on this, this type of headdress and in this particular culture, spiritually, it means this. I don't even want to do that because I I think that people have done that too. And they've done a good job at uh, dissecting different parts of Black is King. And, you know, when this person had this on, they, they were mirroring this Orisha. Um, and she did bring up some Orisha by name, actually, in the songs. And there were different points. Where it was like, okay, that's giving very, that's giving very Oshun. Okay, that's giving very Yamaja. Um, Ahime Aura on Twitter did a wonderful thread of breaking down Black is King from a Orisha kind of Yoruba context. So I will link that. And then my friend Jay also did a breakdown, a more of... Um, just some imagery from Haitian voodoo and also I think some like comedic imagery that was in Black is King. So it was a little bit of everywhere. It wasn't just like Orishas. It wasn't just, you know, Ghanaian. It wasn't just a con. It was it wasn't just the Congo because um, she did have on a Congo headpiece in uh, one song. Actually, it was in Mood Forever when she had the green dress on. So it was just a whole bunch of different things. So I will link all of that. Um my what black is king did for me was it made me think a lot about what it means to be a black american person and trying to find out or grasp at some sense of your indigenous culture because black americans have culture like um just look to your left and your right, <laughs> and you will see that. But um, just from a, from an indigenous aspect, I think a lot of times, you know, Black Americans talk about wanting to know who we are, wanting to know where we came from, wanting to know our ancestry. So it 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 made me think a lot about that. Obviously, I think about that a lot because this show is about <laughs> connecting to our ancestors and our ancestry and indigenous traditions and religions. But it was interesting to watch Beyonce do that and her whole, even just thinking about her catalog from where she started to where she is now, you know, her music is about a very specific thing right now. And it seems as if it is, it is very black. It's very black. It's very, it's very African. And I recognize that it can be difficult for black Americans to hmm, how we see Africa as black Americans is often skewed in some ways because we don't know many of us have never been Um, also because of where we are now being in the states the lies that have been poured into this community or just the states in the West in general around what Africa is, what it looks like, what kind of people are there. Um, 
it being seen as this wildly just underdeveloped place. And then on the flip side of that, uh, which was a critique of Black is King, that Beyonce showed Africa in a, a state of royalty only. And that being problematic because it is not just about royalty or king kingship when in Africa. It's, 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 it's a place with many countries. It is not one big Africa. <laughs> like, you know, often people talk about Africa. Like, yes, Africa. Like, it's all the same. Like, no, there are so many different nations of people on the continent with ton of different languages and there's more diversity in Africa than there is in the States or maybe even most parts of the world that might be a lie but I feel like I read that somewhere so anyway it just made me I think with all the critiques and everything it just made me like think about so much especially with Beyonce being such a powerhouse artist right now just being who she is she is curating a space and platform for us to really get deep and serious and ask questions about, oh, what is this? What does this mean? What is, who is Queen Sheba? You know, who is Oshun? What does it mean to, Beyonce also mirrored herself as the Black Madonna in in Black is King. I saw that it was quick and it made me think of, you know, Urzali, which is a, a deity in... Um, um, and Haitian Vodou. So like beyond the critiques that have, that have been very valid and the praises that maybe were absent of critique, what can we do in this? What should we be doing in this moment? What does it mean that one of the hugest celebrities, black celebrities, is has created an entire platform that is honoring our ancestry, our lineage at this time right now that Beyonce is talking about and referencing African traditional ways of being life. She said ancestors in that in Black is King so many times. I know a lot of people were like, and the Orishas were here and the Orishas were here. And sure, they could have been, but I actually just felt a very, very strong sense of like connecting to self connecting to our ancestors connecting to our people not believing the the lies that people have told us about who we are the lies that people have told us about who our ancestors were that they were not strong that they were that they were um akin to savages you know i just been thinking a lot about what does that mean like we are in a moment y'all like and we've been in it for a minute but there just feels like something that is very that's just I wish I could see my hands because I don't have the language for it but like my hands are just moving all over the place um there's clearly a message here for us there's clearly a message here for us especially those of us of the diaspora and especially those of us as black people and African descended people in the in the U.S. I find that you know my language around what it means for me to be black is is always shifting, and as I have this platform and talk a lot about a place that I've never been, meaning Africa, I've yet to to be able to to visit um 
can can I ever or can black Americans actually ever get it right in the ways that we are trying to understand where we originated as people? You know, sometimes it feels like we can't ever get it right. And what I mean by that is that it'll never be a proper portrayal or that we've been what's the word inundated with so much um, false information about about Africa, about African people, even though we are African people, like even when I'm talking to people who are African, like like first generation or like moved here from usually like Nigeria or Ghana or Senegal or something. And they ask me, they're like, oh, are you African? And I'm like, um, yeah, but I know what you mean. So like, I'm going to say no, but I feel really uncomfortable saying no because I'm starting to identify as, as an African person. And I feel less African almost sometimes when I talk to people who are who know where they are from in Africa, whose parents were probably born in Africa or something, or they know, you know, I am a Khan. That's what I know. I am from Ghana. I'm, my parents were born into the Akan nation of people. And so I'm a Khan. You know, I feel like there's a level of not enoughness around my blackness and Africanness specifically. And so with all of the the think pieces that have come up with Beyonce around how she portrayed Africa. I wonder if she could ever portray it right. Um, or if it would ever, it will ever be enough. And how do you go about doing that without completely over romanticizing a place, which I think about too in my own work, like am I over romanticizing something? Am I over romanticizing the past or indigenous cultures? Because let's be very clear, Niggas always niggas doing fucked up shit, okay? People's always doing fucked up shit. Patriarchy is not just a white man thing. Yeah, you know, sorry, it's not. You know, it existed. I think it existed before that. So, you know, niggas was always wilding. So I I it just made me like I don't know. It just made me feel a lot of ways watching Black is King. It made me feel just so so many different ways. Black is King talked a lot about there were just a lot of different speaking parts in it where you know Beyonce was referring to ancestors there was this conversation you definitely can tell her and Jay practice in ATR like duh even just what they were saying was so like child that's that's an old dude like that is a lesson that I've heard or just even this idea of I think Jay-Z has said it like there's an ongoing exchange between dark and light, the things that we consider good and the things that we consider, you know, evil is not really separate or it's not really there's really no good or evil. It's just two sides of the same coin type thing, you know, and that those kinds of ideas and lessons are just concepts that we've talked about on the show before and uh, it was very uplifting, I think, to to black women. Uh, it was very much honoring water. There's a theme here. There was a lot of water 
in it, but Beyonce saying, you know, the coast belongs to our ancestors and talking about the spiritual. She wasn't, someone else came in with like a voiceover talking about the spiritual significances of water and why water is so important. It was like water signifies and then it went on this, you know, this whole thing. Um, and then, of course, you know, us speculating that Beyonce is a child of and potentially also has initiated into the Orisha of Oshun. Uh, so there was, I felt the Oshun and saw the Oshun references there, but, uh, I, so I'm, I'm really proud like of her journey and that she led us in, in this very particular way. I feel, and there was also a lot of talk of legacy, 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 which I think if you do practice ATR or even, uh, uh, religion of the diaspora legacy is also something that comes up, especially in ATRs though. Like, what are you leaving? And For me, there was a point where they talked about legacy in in Black is King and what, you know, how we are contributing to the betterment of this world. And then it kind of went into what it means to be a king, quote unquote. And I know that this idea of being a king was something that was deeply criticized because it's like our ancestors were valid and are valid, whether they were kings and queens or they were, I don't know, carpenters, healers, spiritualists, doctors, you know, that's all the same. Um, but in describing what king meant, a guy has said, and I didn't write it down word for word and I wish that I did but it was basically saying like it's not necessarily about being royal or even just unpacking what it means to be royal royalty means taking care of your people taking care of your family getting your shit done you know doing whatever your work is doing your work completing your work and I actually really did appreciate that understanding of what it could mean to be quote-unquote king Um, and also I think we have to be mindful that Black is king is also about Lion King. So like there is just an element of the royalty aspect that's going to show up because it's about a prince, you know, who became king. Shout out to shout out to Simba gang gang. So I, I did appreciate that. I think I think with Beyonce and her journey. And whether we loved Black is King or we hated it or whether we loved it, but we still got some things to say about it or whether we have nothing to say about it and we thought it was the most beautiful, perfect piece of art. First things first, that's art. We're allowed to feel all those ways because it's art. That's what art does. It speaks to people differently. But it, it made me think of this this idea of keeping your eyes on your own mat. We say that in, uh, in Mayule a lot. Keep your eyes on your own mat. Meaning, be in alignment with what your destiny says. What your destiny says that you should do and what somebody else's destiny says that they should do could be very different. For example, um, good and evil being a conversation and not really separate, not really polar opposites. What is good? What is evil? It's what society deems that it is. So... If I could tell someone 
or any type of divination system could tell someone that it's okay for them to continue, I don't know, being a drug dealer. Okay? Now, in a lot of people's brain, it's like, what? But being a drug dealer is bad. Drugs are bad. Dealing drugs is bad. But if a spiritual traditional system has said that it's cool or that there's ways to get around it safely or whatever... Can I then go in and tell that person that what they're doing is wrong or what they're doing is not moral when under this certain place of moral code, it is moral. So that's kind of how we get into the dark and light thing. But so keeping your eyes on your own mat is like really about, I'm not going to say minding your business because that always sounds very um, individualistic. But it is kind of minding your business. It's like making sure that are you in alignment with your destiny first? Are you doing the work that you are supposed to be doing? So I think that Beyonce has a very specific level of work that she's supposed to be doing. And I actually believe that she has been called to talk about these practices in a very particular way. And I actually believe that before she does big projects like this, that it is divined on by probably some of the best diviners that you can find and pay a cute little fee for. And that spirit is actually telling her, this is how you're going to move forward. These are the stories that you're supposed to tell. These are the people that you're supposed to uplift. This is how you're going to do that work. And so I, I actually think that that's happening. So I, I, I haven't put too much energy into, you know, why would she do this? Why would she do that? Why would she talk about it in this way? Because she very well might be doing the work that she was supposed to do for her ancestors. And... And for whatever spirits and, and deities she over there chatting with and divining with. So I just want to say that too of just being mindful of, of just making sure and keeping your eyes on your own mat. You don't know what someone's destiny is. We don't know what her path is or any of our paths. My path, your path. People may say to you, oh, you can't do it like that. But if you have the go ahead from your people... If you have that go ahead from your community, from your elders, from whoever, you need to do it as as it is said for you to do. Because fortunately slash unfortunately, I don't know, fortunately, we cannot please everybody. And so I think the most important people and energies and entities that I'm interested in, in um, pleasing are my ancestors and like then thus my community and also like my my future children and children. Um, because it's not always going to be perfect and right. But if spirit is pleased, the gifts come from spirit. You know, the, the blessings come from spirit. It doesn't come from people. I am always trying to make sure that spirits are pleased. And when my spirits are pleased, people tend to be pleased. And then I can be in proper service to my community, to my people when I'm in proper service to my spirits. So I really think that Beyonce, you know, she's severed her spirits. I think she's she has a calling over her life that has been very clearly communicated to her. And so that's why we get this specific kind of content from her. And I'm I'm here for it. It. it it inspired me to think more critically and deeply about my own work, my own path, my own journey, you know, what I share, 
this energy that's shifting in the world of like everybody's talking about this shit right now. Like that's not for no reason. I say that all the time, but it's really, really, really not. And so, you know, we're, we're clearly preparing for something, y'all. And I don't know how much louder the ancestors would have to have us scream for us to really start getting serious about it. And so you listen to the podcast, so you know, you know. Um, so if you haven't watched Black is King, I definitely recommend that you do that. I just want to leave with some questions that I had after watching Black is King and also reading some of the critiques of it. So the first question that I had was, what kind of Africa are you portraying? When you think about Africa, when you talk about Africa, what kind of Africa are you portraying? And what kind of Africa do you want to see? And you can take that question however you want, but what do you want to see when you engage in art or when you engage in podcasts or when you engage in anything that is saying it it is African? What does that mean for you? Um, And I'm asking that question to whoever, if you're African or not. Um, If you are Black American, my question is, what does it mean for you to voice your Africanness? What does that look like? How do you feel about identifying as an African person, having never been to a place or maybe not knowing a lot about it and and maybe feeling guilty about that, even though it's not our fault. And what do you think Beyonce is trying to say? What do you think she was trying to say to us? I want to wrap up this just, I know I was just like spilling out my thoughts, but that's, that's what I wanted to say today. There was this interview with Burna Boy and Lawrence Bernie, who was a writer for The Fader, but interviews a lot of like celebrities and artists and writes about celebrities and artists, uplifts different artists, especially from Baltimore because he's from Baltimore. Hey. But um, he was in, Lawrence was interviewing Burna Boy and he asked, Lawrence asked, is there a? I'm sorry, Burner Boy is a Afro. Does he identify as Afrobeat? I don't know. I'm sorry, Burner Boy, if you identify as an Afrobeat artist. I think he does. An Afrobeat artist, very popular, probably one that most American people and people in the West know because he has hits with. I mean, he was on the gifts. <laughs> he was on the gift album. So he's worked with Beyonce. Even though Burner Boy was not in the video, I was very confused. I was like, sir, what did you have to do that you that you missed you missed filming on that song? Because that's my song. Ja Are. I'm sure I'm saying it like a Baltimore girl, but that's really my song. J-A-A-R-A-E. That's my song. But anyway. Back to the story. Lawrence was interviewing this particular artist, Burna Boy, who is a Yoruba man. A fine, cocky Yoruba man. And he asked him, like, you know, a lot of international artists get 
ask questions about crossing over and the importance of crossing over to mainstream. And yes, you're crossover artists. Like, yes, that seems to be like why you're doing this so you can cross over. And Lawrence was asking him, like, do you care about that? Or was that something that you felt pressured to do at the beginning of your career? And Burner Boy answered. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I do care about crossing over. But I care about crossing you over to where I am. I care about crossing you over to Africa. I care about crossing. He's like, it's like a reverse, a reverse crossover. I think he called it. But it's like, I want to let you into what I see, you know, what I know, what I experience. Now I'm adding in words, y'all. He ain't say all of that, but he was basically, he said, he basically said that though. And I was like, yes to this crossover energy. Like, yes, I do care about crossing over, but not into, not into American culture. I'm trying to cross y'all asses back. And I was like, thank you, Burner, because we need to be crossed, okay? Some of us need to cross. We don't know what's going on. Help us cross, Yorba Man. So I am thinking about how is Beyonce, how are all of us facilitating in this cross? Do you want to be crossed? You know, is that important? I have a friend who really rejects the idea that we have to identify as being African. And he's like, I'm from the South and that's enough. I'm from North Carolina and I have a culture in North Carolina. I have people in North Carolina. We live our lives in a certain way where I'm from in North Carolina. And that is my ancestry. That is where I was born. That is what I know. That is enough. And I agree with that. I think that we often look past the people that are right in front of us too. And ignore that aspect to to reclaim something that is somewhere else. I think both points are valid. So, you know, just this concept of, of crossing over just has been on my mind, too, since I saw that interview with Burner Boy. And then this this interview was a while ago, but it, it, I think it just recently resurfaced. And then with, you know, him being on The Gift and Beyonce's Black is King, it's just all of this has just been swarming my head. So... Uh, I hope y'all followed me. I feel like I was sort of rambling, but it's just my thoughts aren't even fully formed probably because there's just so much inspiration that I got from that piece that um, made me want to delve deeper into my own tradition and also made me be more thoughtful around how I talk about certain traditions and how I talk about a place I've never seen, but want to so deeply connect with in my own way. So I hope y'all felt me. Uh, I hope I hope y'all felt me. Again, if you have not watched Black is King, go on and get somebody Disney password and watch it. I want to know your thoughts. Like we could do a hashtag, you know, or I don't know. I don't know how I'll know your thoughts. But if people tag hashtag Jujubay, hashtag ALJ pod, you can tweet. We can see. I can follow. We can, you know, see what's going on and build community with each other that way. So, yes, I appreciate y'all for listening to my my thoughts regarding Beyonce. Beyonce's Black is King. I will link other articles i will link some critiques i will link twitter threads on 
what it meant that she was at the water at dawn with a purple dress on child i'm gonna link over because people did that work honey i don't have to do it people did that work for us so i will link my friends and the things that i came across so yeah oh my god i didn't say the one of the biggest things bigger the song bigger if you don't know the song bigger it's on the album it was in Black is King. I think that is the most influential and powerful song on... Okay, that's not true. I think that all the songs are super influential and powerful. And if you listen to the lyrics and look up the lyrics for a lot of songs, they spend some real shit on it. But bigger... And talking about we are a part of something way bigger than ourselves. Bigger than our own concepts of what life is. Like we are a part of something serious. We are one moving piece in a whole ass like machine of power and greatness and and ancestry. And so that song really is super inspiring. And I want to say that as well. When we think about how Beyonce is operating, you know, she's actually just a part. She's also just a moving piece to this big thing that we're trying to be and create. She's one piece of that. And so are you. We are not alone in this. We have our ancestors at our backs and our front, all around us, surrounding us. We have spirits. We have the water. We have, we have, we have a lot. And so don't be feeling, I'm talking to myself too, so small that you're not making an impact or that you're not making ripples in waters that you might not even see you know ripples in waters that you may not swim in that you may not ever get to swim in but you are still making an impact however that is so because you are a part of something that is way bigger than you bigger than me bigger than the picture they paint us to see legacy okay go listen to (laughs) go listen to that I'm also tag my Beyonce is a witch episode. And yes, y'all be well. Y'all be well. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of ALJ Podcast. If you would like to reach out to me, of course, you can hit me up on social media. My Instagram is I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. It's Jujubay. I'm also it's Jujubay on Twitter where I talk a lot of shit, honey. It's not just spiritual stuff on here. I be talking my shit. I'm also Jujubay on Facebook. Sorry to my Facebook folks because I do not check my messages. You can also hit me up on my website. You can book a Reiki session with me. That is all that I'm offering right now in regards to individual sessions. But my website is www.itsjujubay.com. I also have like book lists on there. Like check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, of course, you know, check out um, the my uh, class with Catlin Books. If you want, that will be in the show notes. And game mass. I think that is it for today. I'm wishing y'all wellness, peace, blessings, all the things. Cause you're part of something way bigger. You're part of something way bigger. <laughs> and uh, remember, you're part of something way bigger. And then on top of that, remember, all you need is a little juju. Uh, all you need is a little juju. Hey, later y'all, later y'all, later y'all, hey.